simple practice. It tells the one who is enslaved that for some reason, they are worth less. That they're a mere commodity to be bought and sold. Often we think of slavery as a thing of the past, but it still exists. And by many estimates, there are more slaves now than at any other time in human history. Particularly vulnerable to the slave trade of today are women and girls. Around the globe, and often just down the street, many find themselves in danger, used and abused. And it's simply not okay. My guest for this edition of the Edge of Adventure podcast knows on a very personal level what this type of danger is like. She's been a victim of this sort of abuse. Thankfully, though, she has walked the path to freedom and wholeness. And when she discovered that human trafficking was a worldwide problem, when she discovered that other innocent women and girls were being bought and sold and abused, she decided to do something about it. It's my honor today to introduce you to Michelle Rickett, founder and CEO of She Is Safe, where they're working around the globe to rescue and restore the victim of this horrible practice, to teach her and those around her that she is valuable, that the evil done to her was not something she deserved, that her new life starts now, and that she will thrive because she is safe. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Edge of Adventure. Of course, my name is Adam Asher, and it's my privilege today to introduce you to Michelle Rickett. She is founder and CEO at a very important organization, doing very, very important things around the world. She is with She Is Safe. And Michelle, I just want to welcome you to the show today. Oh, thank you, Adam. I am already very proud to know you, and we're going to get to know you a little bit better over the next 30, 40, 50 minutes or so as we talk here on the podcast. She Is Safe focuses primarily on what? On uh, abused and sold women and girls. So those people on the planet who are most likely to be abused, abducted, enslaved, those women and girls. When we talk about this topic, I'm very thankful for people like you and your team that are doing things to help these wonderful people, people who are vulnerable, 
vulnerable to being victimized, often who are. And then there's that part of me also that gets angry, that gets angry that this exists. And then there's also that part of me, Michelle, that's almost, it's, it's almost disbelief. Are you telling me people are being bought and sold? Oh, yes. And uh, we're told by those who research such things uh, that there are more slaves in the world today than at any other time in human history. And that 99% of those who are sold for sex are women and little girls. We can now, because of research, see the busiest human trafficking corridors in the world that helps organizations like She is Safe as far as where we're going to actually focus our energies and staff and resources. So, yes, unfortunately, what began as just uh, the commoditization of other human beings has been embraced by the criminal industry that has shifted more and more away from the sale of drugs to the sale of human beings. And it's their profession, it's their job. So they want to look at where can we get this commodity, if you will, the least expensive to us and the least risk to us because this is criminal. And so they target those who are most vulnerable. And that would be women and girls in the hardest places in the world. Michelle, what are some of those places? I I anticipate that you're not going to be able to say that this is only a problem in the following locations. It's something that plagues many parts of the world, and there are victims from many different parts of the world. In terms of She is Safe, you guys focus on what, in any particular areas or locations or types of locations? Well, yes. Actually, as I mentioned, from the research, we can put dots on a map and say, this is where a high number of women and girls are sold from. And uh, so that's how She is Safe determines where we are going to work. Of course, um, modern day slavery, human trafficking uh, happens in virtually every community in the world to one degree or another. So it's degree for She is Safe. We really um, honed in on those high-risk places. So we're talking about red light districts. We're talking about refugee camps, um, source communities, border towns, um, conflict zones. Wherever it's really a mess, people are exponentially more likely to be exploited from. And so She is Safe focuses there. We're right now in seven countries in one region. We are um, concerned about sharing the exact location of where we are in the Middle East, but India, Indonesia, Nepal, the, the Middle East, of course, Myanmar, Uganda, um, and in the Middle East, we have several partners there. So we're expanding our work there as well, which is, it's super exciting to know, yes, you know, we're as heartbroken and incensed about the issues uh, for women and girls and their sale in particular. But what, what we're after here is to equip families and communities for the long haul to change the way that cultures think about women and girls as an easy commodity. If we can make that shift in a person, in a family, in a community, then they'll never go back. 
because they see each other differently. From Shia's perspective, it's all about having kind of a God's eye view of every individual. Once that shift happens in people's minds, they realize, oh, you know, this person, like every person, was given as a gift to our family. And we hurt ourselves if we actually sell off our own future because of some ancient ideas that we had that um, boys were preferred over girls. So if we can change that, um, we are making a long-term difference. So She is Safe is looking at what are the root causes? You know, I, I love a good rescue just like anybody else, but rescue is not a long-term strategy for changing mindset. We can pick up those pieces. We can provide a safe place to live and trauma counseling and uh, vocational counseling, spiritual development as well, kind of one by one. But if you can change a whole community uh, so that girls are no longer at risk, that's my happy place. That's the place where she is safe, is really able to shine. This is The Edge of Adventure, and we're talking today with Michelle Rickett. She is the founder and the CEO of She Is Safe. And you can look them up online at sheisafe.org. And as always, of course, you will find a write-up about this particular broadcast on theedgeofadventure.com. So look for it there. There'll be links to all their material as well. And uh, thanks to everybody who's tuning in. You know, whether you're watching or listening, we know that you care about these things. You're you're a part of, of this movement. You're a part of this fight against darkness. And we are thankful for you. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for lending your ear and your heart a little bit today to this particular topic. I've got a few different questions, Michelle, but the first one really that comes to mind now is I I hear you talk about the need for change and the need for a new mindset. As it relates to the mindset of the victim, okay, in particular, what is the mindset that she needs to have the change or the shift in mindset, not that it's her fault. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, but as it relates to her, what does she need to know about herself that maybe she hasn't learned yet? I think the biggest challenge is this sense of value. I am a valuable human being I deserve to be nurtured. I do not deserve to be mistreated, uh, no matter what my circumstance or where I came from or what my parents told me when I was little or my community. I am a valuable human being just by being created by God and on this earth and given as a gift and that I am not alone. Often victims are isolated And one of the things that She Is Safe loves to do is connect those who are most vulnerable together and begin to inform them about the tricks of traffickers and other exploiters so that they kind of with one voice say to each other, you are valuable and I'm valuable too. And here's the things that we have to watch out for. Uh, You know, in many places where girls and women are sold, There's a lot of corruption 
on the part of authorities, and that happens everywhere. I'm not blaming one country or another, but those things happen. And if one person goes alone to the authorities and says, look, I'm being beaten, I'm being starved, they're taking all of my money, then when they told me I was going to get a good job or pay off a debt and go back to my family, if one person goes to the authorities, they're helpless. But if they go as a group... And She Is Safe has wonderful She Is Safe groups that we help to start and facilitate to grow. They go as one voice to the authorities so that you've got plenty of witnesses. And places where we have worked that have been run by traffickers, it's where traffickers live, actually have turned around because we introduce, you know, this is an illegal activity and you wouldn't want your neighbors to be involved and end up in prison. I know this has happened here over a long period of time, but it's a new day now. And you need to protect this whole community and shift towards selling something else instead of girls. That is how we begin to introduce change. It may start with one girl, a girl like Mina, busting rocks with a hammer. That's her whole life ahead of her. But we began working with She A Safe Group, initiated there of women and uh, talking to them about the hardships of women and girls. This is a, a gender violence issue. It's not only human trafficking, but it also child marriage is included in that. And so many other injustices. Withholding food from a girl is a kind of abuse. If you're doing it just because she's a girl and you don't think she's worthy. So uh, starting to introduce these new ideas with the women and girls, I'm telling you, they are ready. And they're ready not only to protect themselves and their daughters, but to protect all the girls in their community. And that's when momentum really starts to happen. And so we've just saved the 10-year-old, the 9-year-old, the 8-year-old, the kids have yet to be born. Michelle Rickett is my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure podcast, founder, CEO of She Is Safe. You mentioned the word violence. What is included in that category of violence? And what is the relationship of that violence to the vulnerability that these young women and girls find themselves in? Violence against women and girls actually starts before they're born. Uh, because of sex-selective abortion in China and India, we now have a shortage of girls in those countries. And why is that? It's because they identified this child is going to be a girl. We'll either abort her now or we will wait until shortly after she's born and then she will be buried alive or she'll be strangled or starved and we'll just ignore her to death. Uh, that's a kind of violence based on gender. If you, as I mentioned, withhold food from a person because it's a girl and you think, well, you know, she is never going to do the family any good. You know, we'll give all the protein to the boys and she can eat what's left over. That's a kind of violence, if you will. And there are a stew of these kinds of injustices against women and girls that leave them so very vulnerable on the one hand, that they can be beaten or sold. There's a big word we use, impunity, meaning no one will be held to account. This is normalized in the cultures where we work. And so to move beyond that, it sounds like heavy lifting to go beyond the idea, well, she's a girl, you can do anything to her, to she's a girl, she's now 
somehow valuable. Well, she's valuable for the wrong reasons. There are certain communities where we've worked where they rejoice when a little girl is born because now they know they can make some money. Now they know they can do something for the family. And so for as little as $50, they will sell their daughter. She will bring to them from the trafficker $50 a month as long as she survives in the brothel. And the average age when a girl begins there is 11 years old. She will survive only seven years. She'll die of sexually transmitted diseases. She may die in childbirth. But the number one killer of adolescent girls around the world is suicide, as they're so very frustrated with their lives. But the violence, you know, continues. It's cradle to grave. Um, The Walk Free Foundation did a study that kind of overlaid the human trafficking map with the gender map. And what they found was um, those things coexist. You mentioned about the connection between the two. If you can do anything to a human being, then the textbook definition of human trafficking is through force, fraud, or coercion, someone is doing labor or sex that they would not choose to do. So, or if they're under 18, doesn't even matter if they agree that's considered human trafficking. So the force part is what we're looking at. When someone is considered less valuable than a cow, there are these sayings in a lot of the communities where we work, or to educate a girl is to you know, like watering your neighbor's garden. You're really not doing your family any good. So it kind of erodes and debases the value of girls. And then, of course, you can do anything you want. And that accounts for why there is so much, not only slavery, but physical abuse of women and girls, too. And they're pummeled into believing this is the treatment that you deserve and you're voiceless. That's why She Is Safe is here. Why you're here is that we can get a voice out there for them. This is The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher. Thanks for listening. We will return to today's conversation with Michelle Rickett of She Is Safe in just a moment. And since each week we have new listeners joining us from around the globe, I'd like to welcome you and thank you for taking the time to tune in to today's program. We have a new show each week, and we always feature organizations and people who have chosen to live adventurous lives and to live them with purpose. These are the ones who have chosen to live life for something bigger than themselves, those who have chosen to take all the good and the bad that's happened to them and put it to use helping others. I call it the edge of adventure because when we make that decision to leave behind our status quo, when we choose to go bravely into the future, to serve others with a sense of purpose, that's when the good stuff begins. That's when we're just about to set out on the most exciting and fulfilling journey yet. That, my friend, is the edge of adventure. A great place to start to learn more is theedgeofadventure.com. That's theedgeofadventure.com. Or look for the new mobile app in app stores. It's called Rugged Compass, and we'd love to have you with us. There's no charge to download it, no charge to use it. It's called Rugged Compass, and it's available both for Apple and Android. 
Now, back to my conversation with Michelle Rickett of She Is Safe, right here on the Edge of Adventure podcast. Michelle Rickett, founder and CEO at She Is Safe, and you can look them up online at sheissafe.org. And of course, on the video version of the podcast, I've been sharing a few pictures. There's more to come, a video that I've been able to share. And you can go to their website to find the links to all those as well if you want to uh, be able to look at those and hear the audio and all that good stuff. So it's uh, great things here that they're doing. And and at the same time, this is such a heartbreaking topic and a heartbreaking reality. And I'm so thankful for Michelle and her team at She Is Safe for all that they're doing. So you've got a young lady, a girl who's been subjected to this kind of horrible treatment. And you said something earlier. You said it, we, it's great, something to the effect of it's great. Everybody loves a good rescue. The rescuing part is an important piece, and that's wonderful. But damage has been done. The wrong kind of messages have been communicated. And what does she is safe do or recommend when a young lady is rescued from this type of slavery? Well, of course, the very best scenario would be for that girl or her entire family, you know, to be a nurturing place. That generally is not the case. Most trafficking victims around the world are trafficked by someone they know and trust. They may think this is my boyfriend or this is my neighbor or it's my uncle. Um, of course, they wouldn't do anything wrong to me and then, you know, goes downhill from there. But the... Um, once a person is out of, it's sort of a daily trauma situation. If you're being raped 15 times a night, you know, you have certain mechanisms as a child to detach emotionally. Maybe drugs and alcohol are involved too. There's a lot of dependence there. So a girl that comes to us, either we find her, you know, some of the places I'm talking about, um, this is considered legal activity, the sailing of girls. And so we know the pimps and the madams and the people on the street uh, and the girls. And we're there as sort of the hands and feet of Jesus. Really, it's our local partners who are uh, the best hands and feet. And um, they befriend these women and girls if one becomes pregnant or sick or sees her moment or, you know, needs some help. Then we can invite, hey, we have pathways to freedom that can you can have a whole new life. And so they need a place, right, where they can begin to, first of all, their physical needs need to be met. Probably the majority who come to us have STDs or they're drug and alcohol dependent. If they're really little girls, they're just so traumatized and confused. So they need this safe and nurturing home, which we provide a couple of those. And uh, they need to be around people who are a little farther along in their journey of healing that they can kind of look up to. That's really a wonderful way that uh, I think we can lean more heavily on survivors. I actually don't like to call us survivors. I like to call us thrivers 
and more than conquerors, because ultimately that's where we want to go, not to be an eternal victim, but to say, hey, things can really change. They've changed for me. They can change for you. Then, of course, um, there's some kind of uh, vocation that this person needs to have as an alternative going forward. So this is a long-term process, the restoration. So, and usually it's the most expensive part of uh, the whole prevention, rescue, and restoration. And uh, that's why I mentioned it's not really a strategy for ending human trafficking. It's picking up the pieces there, even in restoration. But um, I speak as a... Um, not just a survivor, but a thriver myself. I was commercially sexually exploited by my dad, wonderfully rescued as a teen. And I had the privilege of being placed with just a lovely Christian family. So I was able to see normalcy from the inside out of a family. And well, here I am all these years later with this insight and fire, if you will, for others who are in the situation that I was in. And uh, that's the way I feel about it. every trafficked girl or woman that we talk to. It's like, you have so much to offer, you don't even realize. Once you get through this period of time, this isn't your whole story. This is a simple, you know, um, uh, injustice that was perpetrated against you. And when you heal from that, what's going to emerge is all of this richness that can be used for great purposes on the face of the earth. Michelle Rickett is founder and CEO at She Is Safe. And of course, you can look them up online at sheissafe.org. Talk to me about the business skills. I know uh, from some research that I've done that you and your team invest in entrepreneurial activity, concepts, ideas. You help to teach these young ladies skills they're going to need, skills they need in order to, to live, right? And, and to begin to also break free and build a brand new life. Talk to me about that aspect of what you guys do. Yeah, that, that really is the exciting thing for me is often people who are languishing, let's say, in, um, in a situation where they're just trapped, they're, they're too weak to even muster the strength to dream and imagine what they could do going forward. So one of the things we love to do is work with a whole community, as I mentioned. So for instance, our refugees, Syrian refugee girls, you know, are... Uh, suffering trauma after trauma. They've seen people killed before their very eyes. They've lost usually a dad and others as they were fleeing. They have no home. They have no education, nothing. They're in a tent. And in these communities, um, moms are terrified to let their daughters out because there are men trolling the refugee camps to uh, get, seek vulnerable girls. So the girls are really stuck. They can't even get out. So um, our um, partner organization there at the camps uh, began offering uh, a day for, just for girls. 
and we rented a large area. So hundreds of girls were brought in and they were just so delighted to be able to get out. They had a little freedom of mobility and we started introducing them to a sense of value and they pick up on it so quickly and encourage each other because they love each other. And then we started talking about what are some things that you would love to do that this community may need. And uh, you may not realize that I certainly did it early on is that refugee camps have an economy. People get married there, they buy and sell and barter. And, and so there, there is a market there. So we introduced these girls to all kinds of skills, uh, sewing skills, beautician skills, um, embroidery, uh, computer skills, so that they can take those things and parlay those into jobs or into small businesses. We had one girl in the camp who she started doing embroidery and she did beautiful work and she loved it. And we said, well, that's probably a good market for you, but our product for you, but let's look at the market. And she said, I already know my market. Uh, we said, well, what, what are you thinking? She said, you know, people do get married in this camp and I'd like to embroider pillowcases and a cover that could be given as a wedding gift. She lived with her extended family in a tent it's kind of a double wide and they uh, is plastic. So they divided the tent in half. Half was for her business and half was for the family to live in. She had to hire more girls uh, because the demand was so very high. She ended up doing so well that she moved the entire family out of the camp and into a cinder block building that was several stories high. She had a storefront and then on the ground floor and the family lived up above. So not only was she not forced or you know, uh, taken by someone in child marriage, but she awakened this wonderful skill that she can enjoy for a lifetime. Of course, once COVID hit, a lot of what we were doing in Myanmar and India uh, were helping women and girls there kind of pivot whatever they were doing in order to become essential services. So they could get permission to have a food cart and they could go to places where people couldn't get out to get food. They learned to sew masks. They got... Um, contracts with the government to supply masks and sanitizers and soaps. Uh, so helping those women and girls who are most vulnerable, whether they've been used and abused already or they're right there on the cusp, um, makes all the difference because then they have options. And if we can get into more communities like that with these, uh, we use the term uh, transformation group, where groups of women and girls with someone that we have trained actually works together every single week on saving together and lending to each other and starting businesses. And then we do follow-up training on how to make your small business successful. Michelle, what do you admire most about these thrivers? Well, it's, it's, Hard for us to imagine, though we can a little bit, um, the horrible things that these women and girls have suffered. And yet they show up with resilience, courage, love for others in their community, a desire to be generous. I mean, it, it is remarkable. We have women who start 
saving about 25 cents a week, the equivalent of 25 cents. And one of the things we encourage them is now this is your loan fund for you all to help uh, fund your businesses, but also please set aside a benevolence fund. And women get more excited about that than anything. They think, you mean we could go and help other girls and women be safe and not be sold? And that's okay. Of course that's okay. Generosity is such a a freeing, empowering thing. It gives us great joy and happiness when we invest in the well-being and welfare of others. So to give people who never thought they'd have two pennies to rub together the opportunity and help them see the vision about what they could do as change makers in their own area is just it's it flabbergasts me every time that I see women I think oh their lives are so hard and they go and we're sponsoring some girls in this remote area so that they can pay their school fees it's just super encouraging and of course I can't help but make the comparison uh, to people here in the U.S. who have so much and uh, often lack the joy that can come from saying, hey, I'm going to be a part of change for at least one person. Michelle Rickett is my guest today, founder and CEO at She Is Safe. Look them up online at sheissafe.org. And of course, this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Great to get to know Michelle today. We heard a little bit about your story, Michelle, and I wonder, knowing you, knowing a little about you, what you went through and what you lived through and what you have learned to thrive through and and in spite of, right? Does that give you a sense of um, responsibility to help others? And I'm because I'm fascinated by this this particular topic because in life, stuff happens to us. Stuff happens to all of us. We have everybody's got a different story, but. We, I think we all kind of come to a point where these bad things have happened. I, I can either stay locked kind of prisoner to those bad things, or I can make a decision to use them for good somehow. And I see that that's happened to you, but walk us through that both as it applies to you and also your, maybe your, your admonition, your words of advice to people listening today. Yes, well, it's a story I actually love to tell. Um, you know, I I probably should have been rescued from the home when I was three, but instead I was a teen. Um, so all of those years, the constant message was that I was worthless, that I was being used this way because that's what's supposed to happen. So that was drilled into me from my earliest childhood. And um, my mother left when I was about 12, and then things got really bad after that. Um, So I had no guide. Uh, I didn't have anyone to look up to. Um, As I mentioned, I was placed in just a very wonderful home, and that gave me the space to recover a little bit And then began to wonder, you know, what's next for me in life? Well, for me, uh, the only thing I could imagine was more abuse. I thought, I am never going to get married. 
I am not going to put myself in somebody else's hands and then learn that he's done something terrible to my children. I just would never do that and uh, never say never. I, I met uh, a young man who was just from a very loving family, and his family treated me like a long-lost daughter. And they began to just tell me that, you know, God had great plans for my life and that because of all that God had done for me, that I would have special insight and a special calling. They didn't know what that was, but they sort of spoke that over me. And I thought, that's very strange. I'm, I'm damaged goods. I'm going to be hurting the rest of my life. I'm going to need somebody to take care of me. And I had a wonderful mentor and she uh, just would not allow that at all. She said, Michelle, I'm going to teach you how you can, you know, begin to envision a whole new life, but it's on you. I'm not going to give that to you. I will, I'll pray with you. I'll work with you so you can understand your true value. So over time, I began to believe what she was saying over me, that surely God had something for me with all this um, that he had saved me from. Uh, so, uh, but I still, even as a, a young Christian wife and then mother, I was so ashamed of my story that I rarely talked about it. And I thought, this is so great. I'm, I'm a new person. I don't have to, I'm, I'm all forgiven. I'm washed clean. I never have to look back. And, uh, but there I was a missionary wife living in Nairobi, Kenya, where my husband was assigned as a Africa coordinator for our organization. And we're raising our two little girls there. And I started learning really disturbing things that girls in our neighborhood were used as slaves and sold. And um, I would try and strike up a relationship with a 12 year old and she'd disappear. I inquire about her and they'd say, oh, she got married. She was 12. What do you mean she got married? Oh, she married so-and-so. He likes them really young. So he already has three wives, but he wanted her as well. And they said, but it's okay. You know, she had at least has good food to eat, whatever. So it was very business as usual. This is normal. Of course we sell girls. You know, of course we take them from up country and move them here and they do all of our cooking, cleaning and babysitting. And we send their money, some their money to um, their parents somewhere up up country so I was seeing I had never heard of modern slavery or human trafficking I didn't know it existed at that time we didn't have those words uh, while I was there but I called it girl selling abuse of girls and selling them and I was writing letters home and so on we got back to the U.S. about 20 years ago we founded she is safe for that that very cause i i had met some amazing african women who were being advocates for girls and really wanted to change i thought well we can partner up and so that became our model as we partner up with those local women in these very hard communities who have great reputation and are doing something of a prevention rescue or restoration and then we we got to beef it up in every way we can in these long-term partnerships michelle rickett my guest today founder and ceo at she is safe and of course as mentioned you can look them up online at she is Michelle, as we get close now to the end of the program, I want to ask you, please, to 
share your thoughts or your encouragement to the person out there, to the woman out there today who, for one reason or another, feels worthless. What's your message to her? Well, if you feel worthless, I understand the feeling. I had it too, and lots of people have it because people who are supposed to nurture them and build into them have torn away at that. But, you know, it's a lie. You are worth so much. God would do anything for you. And if he's brought you in the hearing of my voice, he's saying to you, you were made for better things. And I want to show you, if you'll partner with me, I will show you what you were created to be and to do going forward that will bring you great joy and be a blessing to so many others. And you'll be able to look back and in a way redeem the past uh, because it's often what God uses, you know, he, to make a diamond, there's a whole lot of pressure and darkness for something beautiful to come out. So I would say certainly don't give up on the good things that God wants to bring into your life. It may be, it's just around the corner and you can't see around the corner, but he can uh, reach out to those people who have whispered in your ear, you know, you're, you are valuable. And begin to cultivate what God has for you as you dive into his great love for you and the people who love you too. Great words of wisdom. And they're true no matter who would say them. But when they come from someone who has walked that path, that means so much more. So thank you. Thanks again for your time. I want to find out now what we as listeners and viewers, you know, what we can do to help to, you know, for that person that watched today and says, uh, yeah, this is something I need to be a part of this. This is close to my heart. Yeah. I need to, I need to come alongside them in some way. What would be some ways that they can do that? Also tell us about the event that you have coming up. Well, what we'd love to do is um, invite people for a service day opportunity. So uh, we've done this with corporations, with schools, um, small businesses, uh, kids groups to just come together. It's a learning opportunity, but we give them some hands-on work to do. And during that day, they learn about tips for safety for their own lives and neighbors nearby, and then introduced to the very hardest situations around the world that they can be a part of. So it's, it really helps us address, um, human trafficking and abuse here in the U.S. and also overseas and gives people a glimpse of something they can do uh, to make a difference. I think our children are being exposed to a lot of information about human trafficking, and we don't want them to be terrified citizens. We want them to be courageous citizens and know that if they have freedom, if they have good family, they have voice. They have opportunity to speak up for someone who dares not speak. And of course, supporting um, uh, she is safe is important financial and prayer support. It takes about a dollar a day to uh, help one girl or woman in one of our programs of prevention, rescue or restoration. Um, this last year we had 
what, a 78,000 uh, individuals in one of our programs. So we have a lot of need, and of course, we're expanding in the Middle East, as I mentioned also, so that's really important. Our uh, event that's coming up, we like to center it around the middle of October, which is International Day of the Girl. So the entire world community is waking up to, wow, we're at a loss when we don't help to nurture these girls will all be stronger if if she's helped so international day of the girl um is we own it she is safe since that's our our time so we sponsor our largest event of the year it's a gala at uh, the hotel avalon in alpharetta and we're also going to be live streaming it this will be a first for us so People across the nation can have watch parties and be a part of that. Or go onto our website. You'll see the pop-up. First things that will pop up is information about the gala coming up on Friday the 22nd. Uh, we'll have uh, lots of surprises at the event. It's an international event, including a butterfly release from the rooftop. So super special event. And it will mean um, that we'll be able to save more lives, to prevent more women and girls from ever being sold in the first place, changing whole communities so they wouldn't do the unthinkable any longer. Well, thank you, Michelle. And for those watching or listening, if you are watching or listening prior to October 22nd, you can go to sheissafe.org and find information about how to um, participate, come alongside them, how to uh, live stream the event on October 22nd. People will be there in person as well, Michelle. Is that right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you, in, in case you're in the Atlanta area, I know many of you are. Michelle's in the Atlanta area. I'm in the Atlanta area. So, you know, we have a lot of people here that, that follow the program. So thank you for that. If you want to get behind them in this way, please do so. She is safe. Dot org for more information about that event. And of course, it's important. All these, these types of events are important when it comes to awareness and to fundraising. So we uh, wish you guys all the best with that project. And what you're doing is amazing. And I'm proud to now uh, call you a friend. And I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm impressed by how you um, took your story and you, you know you allowed the Lord to turn it into something beautiful, and you are using it for good. And my admonition to everybody listening or watching, whatever whatever it is that has happened to you, that is not good, that is not fair, that has caused a lot of pain, give God the chance to do something amazing with it, and He can. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it good. It doesn't make it okay. But in God's economy. He can do miraculous things, even with the work of evil. Evil tries to do something. It tries to do something bad, and he can turn it into something beautiful, like he has done in the life of Michelle Rickett, who is founder and CEO at She Is Safe. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the show, and I look forward to hearing more great things from She Is Safe in the future. My pleasure. Thank you, Adam. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. 
You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.